0: What's up, everybody? This is Brandon for The Mondo Solution, the amazing marketing podcast with a heart. I am coming to you guys today from beautiful, lovely, sunny, but chilly Longmont, Colorado. And that guy... If you're watching, that guy that you're about to hear, if you're listening, is it J to the Mac G, Jordan Mac G, Jordan McDonald, (laughs) right over there. Jordan, how are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well today. What a great introduction. I didn't know we had that as our motto, but we do have a heart.
0: (laughs) We do have a heart. And you know what? It's funny. I did not intend this. This was not planned at all, but we're going to talk about some of these things because I think that when people think of marketing agencies, or, or frankly- any agency, with insurance agencies, it doesn't matter. They think of, they're like, oh, they're just in it for sales. Pro tip. Yes, we are in it for sales. Okay. But two, the way that we approach those things, and this has kind of a customer service angle to it, the way that you approach those things and the more you can relate to your clients, the A, yes, it means they're going to stick around longer just because they tend to like you because when you form a great relationship. But B, it makes you a better marketer because you begin to know more appropriately and fully what their needs and wants are. So I digress. How are you, Jordan? <laughs> I'm I'm doing well
1: at the top. I just have to say, you're crushing it. You're not wearing that same shirt for the, for the night time no, in a row. <laughs>
0: I am wearing buffalo plaid pants, though. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Off camera. <laughs> Off camera. I'm not wearing those pants. I'm nude below the desk. <laughs> you just can't tell.
1: You know, since learning that about that shirt when we went on our diet, when you went on the diatribe about the buffalo plaid or bison plaid, uh, it is technically <laughs> buffalo plaid. But yes, uh, I saw my sister wearing it, or one of my sisters. I was like, I know the name of that shirt now. It's not just a red shirt with you know oh. a pattern. It's a buffalo plaid shirt.
0: Buffalo plaid, bro. In fact, so my, um, when my wife and I got married, excuse me, it was very important to me that uh, my daughter uh, was very kind of felt like she was a part of that union because she is. Um, And so we actually got her a ring. So she has a gold wedding ring, sort of like a band, but she's also at the time nine. So we're not going to be wearing a gold band around when you're nine. And so what we did was as I wear, like I'm wearing this ring by, um, groove life. It's completely silicone. And, um, if you guys don't know, Silicon rings, check out groove life. Uh, Kalo Q A L O is another one. I really like gl- groove life anyway. So she has one of these, my daughter, um, and it's Buffalo plaid.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah. Super <laughs> <That's> cute. Awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She said various other ones, but because um, that's the great part about the silicon ring, like my actual wedding band is um, made of whiskey barrel and titanium. And so I'm not going that will get just completely jacked. So to replace that is very expensive to replace. This is like 30 bucks. So and I have had to do that a few times. So <laughs> it works out. Yeah. Um, all right. So today, guys, it is February, as we record this, it is February 13th. Happy Valent- Happy Valentine's Day, because um, February 13th is Valentine's Day. Oh, February yeah. 14th is um, is uh, Valentine's Day, which we've done a podcast about before. Yes. Um, so today, uh, we are going to talk about marketing. During an economic downturn, depression, recession, um, government spun awesome time. Any of these things are true, um, and also not great for the economy. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we have seen both Jordan and I. Um, you know, we see people when we when we arrive at a at a place like this, especially right now, where wages are in this huge increase, which by the way, is driving inflation or part of what's driving inflation. And then inflation is outpacing wages. So therefore your net, if, if wages go up by 10% and inflation is 12%, guess what? You just lost money. Your, your wages are decreasing by 2%. So it's kind of an ironic twist there. Um, but during that, a lot of people, a lot of companies, a lot of brands are turning around. And one of the first things to go is going to be their marketing. Um, and that's fine. I get it. Um, Because certainly, we don't encourage our clients to do that partially because it doesn't benefit us to do so, to be completely transparent. Simultaneously, um, this is a, actually a really great opportunity for growth during these periods. And I'm being dead serious. Like... Uh, We're gonna read some statistics and things like that, but a lot of people they pull back all their marketing dollars, and I guess just kind of like pucker up and hang on for dear life, which is not a great strategy. You know, what do you think, Joe? Do oh, absolutely.
1: You've touched on a a number of things that. I think about when I think about marketing, uh, whether it's in a recession or not, I mean, I think it's a universal truth to say uh that unless you are actually planning on winding down operations and closing your doors as a business, you should never stop advertising. Uh, and I think there are a lot of parallels in subcomponents of ad- advertising, especially uh, social media. If you have any campaigns like that or podcasting or Tweeting whatever it is that you're doing to promote, as soon as you, especially on these media platforms, as soon as you go dark, as soon as you miss uh, one of your regular distribution windows, people wonder, right? And yep. oftentimes they they kind of forget about you, you know. If, if it's not front, if it's not in their mind, right, out of sight out of mind, right? So if you're not regularly posting, so it, it's the same thing with marketing, right? Perhaps during a downturn or an upcoming downturn, turn, yeah, you might not be uh, in a place financially to spend more, right? But you should at least make sure that you're maintaining what you're doing just so mm-hmm. that the, the people that you have, the clients you have um, are, are not lost, right? Because it always costs more to gain a new client. Than yep. it does to, um, to to yeah to <laughs> to to, re- to, to
0: get new clients versus retaining clients yes yeah and <clears throat> I think it's very interesting because people just um, they they don't think through kind of like they, they look at this I guess this marketing spend is just like I pay this agency <clears throat> or this guy in house. X amount to execute on my marketing and it works and they don't pay attention. That's that's number one. We encourage people to pay attention from day one because we want people to understand. Here's what you're paying us to do. Here's what you're getting for it because that's what ROI is, right? You need to understand what that return on investment is. And so, <clears throat> when we're looking at a lot of these things. It's not necessarily about having to make your marketing spend go away or decrease. It's just meaning having to bring the value higher. So for every dollar you spend, you were making two. Now you need to make four. Now you need to make six. Now you need to make 10. And to do so, instead of taking that bucket of money that you're paying an agency or a person internally and just throwing it at the wall and hoping that X percentage of it sticks, you need to be very strategic and say, Okay. These are my ideal, and we're going to go through some of these. These are my ideal clients. This is who I need to market to. Um, I have a meeting tomorrow, I think, with a doctor. And again, during this this time, and we just saw this over COVID, because people were so afraid of COVID, they were like not going to the doctor. And now we're seeing the after the downstream effects of that, which are people dying. Um, frankly in being very sick and it's everything from like they missed heart screenings or mammograms or dental appointments and now they've got huge cavities and now they've got breast cancer and now they've got heart disease or whatever it is and things that went unchecked for two years because we were all being told that we should be petrified of a, a cold um, and so finding good so this this doctor one of the things that we're going to talk about is your marketing dollar needs to go further who has been calling, not just like who are your continuing clients. And we're going to touch on that, but like who has been calling when the phone rings are, what are the overwhelming people? What is the overwhelming request? They're going to call and go, this is a stupid example, guys. I'm just being facetious. So bear with me, but somebody calls and they go, Hey, you know, I really have a problem with earwax. And if 10% out of every person that calls you is asking about earwax, and the other, in the highest percentage amongst anything else is like 5%, symptomatically speaking, you should probably. Market toward people looking for earwax solutions. Uh, that is not the case with this particular doctor, but it's like market with who's calling you and then who is actually coming in the door. What are some of those symptoms? Um, what are people searching for? Because if you're just going, I'm a doctor, I can do general medicine or whatever, okay, then all you're doing is competing on price. You know what I'm saying?
1: I do. And I want to piggyback off this idea. You know, I come from a space where I work pretty regularly inside the Google ad realm. Right. And yes, there's a lot going on there. We've talked about in previous podcasts, the headwinds that uh, many companies are facing, especially with, uh, it, it's not exactly the advent of AI, but AI is coming into its own now mm-hmm. in a huge way out of nowhere. As soon as mm-hmm. one, one company, as soon as Bing kicked that off, ChatGPT, GPT, uh, the floodgates are open. But my point is, uh, same thing, right? When you're seeing, when we see trends for a client on Google Ads, right? The client, Jordan's Pencils, right? Jordan yep. loves selling pencils, right? I do, I do love yeah. selling pencils, and I, <laughs> I have the number two, I have the amazing number six pencil. It's three times as good as the number two pencil, and it sharpens in half the time. That's uh, right. But maybe people aren't searching. Maybe my number six pencils, they're not trending. But people are really looking for the number one pencils, which have been... They're not discontinued, but we just don't have a lot of, uh, of inventory for them. So we don't push them. Uh, but that being said, right, you as a company can, can have certain elements or products or services that you're trying to push and that you are promoting. Maybe not exclusively, but having higher priority on Google Ads but that might not be the thing that's trending in the searches mm-hmm. and i it would be it would be silly to to not pay attention to those trends and and these trends can happen on it, it there's so many variables right mm-hmm. why is this trending in many cases you may never know the answer for why a certain thing is trending and could have nothing to do uh, with, with your ads. It's just something, some forces uh, that you have or have not identified out in the world that are leading to people wanting X or Y product right now for this week, more than other weeks, for this month, more than other months, for this year, more than other years. Point being, exactly as you were saying, you need to you need to look at those trends. And if people are are calling for a certain thing, if people are searching for a certain thing you should capitalize on that because there's no telling how long that window of opportunity will exist
0: absolutely and that's so one of the things that we have a we have a few articles that we're going to pull from and one of those things is like bumping up your customer service and that's where that's going to take place now if you don't have that relationship with a client going in it is like pulling teeth to get them to pay attention because frankly there are a lot of clients that are just like hey here's money make make me have customers and you're like Okay. But if they, need, if they're not kind of along for the ride and they're part of that conversation where you go, listen, here's what keywords you used, Here's what that resulted in. Here's this, 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 whatever. Here's what we did on social. Okay. If they're not part of that, they're going to get bored by it. And they're not going to understand that they could look at, they can look at those numbers. We're not the experts in their business we're just the experts in kind of data right on a raw side right but on a creative side it's a little deeper obviously a little deeper than that but like we can look at the data combine that with their understanding of the business from the doing the thing and you you can find things that are magical in there but you have to get involved and so customer service It's one of those things, then you turn around and you go, You know, it was this economic downturn, but I never stopped hearing from X. They stuck by me, I stuck by them. And quite frankly, agencies well, agencies are going to be much more willing to be like, Great, here's where pricing is, here's where, here's what it's gotten you, and double down on those things. And I mean, I've got great relationships with my clients. And um, I can think of a few in particular who I talk to like multiple times a week. And I'm not the project manager. Like that, I'm in sales, and that's pretty rare that I'm going to talk to those people. But I talk to them because we, we get along. And as such, they're, they're clients no matter what, you know? So I digress. I will jump down off of my soapbox, <laughs> get on my laundry detergent bin. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, Jordan, yes, sir. You have. Um, uh, we have a few articles, uh, as I alluded to. Um, what would you like to touch on first? Yeah,
1: you know, I I was going to mention briefly this ad age article, but. In retrospect, I think it'd be a better use of our time to pull up this Harvard Business Review article. Yes. Um, so, if you don't mind, do it. I will dive into that. So, this article, I'll preface it by saying I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I will read you a summary of it because it is uh, it's pretty meaty and there's a TLDR, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Is there a semicolon in there? You know, I wonder. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Yes, I think there is. TL, semicolon, DR, right? Now, this article is from 2009, but I, I don't think that takes anything away from it. It's very prescient. If uh, if you do uh, or do not recall, 2009 was a tumultuous year, right? In 2008, we had that um, that major recession, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that lasted for a while. 2009 was in the midst of this. Uh, so... Without further ado, I'll give you the summary uh, of this article, which is how to market in a downturn. Because no two recessions are exactly alike, marketers find themselves in poorly charted waters every time one occurs. But guidance is available, say Quelch and Jocks, who have studied marketing successes such as by Schmucker, Procter and Gamble, Anheuser Busch, and others as well as failures throughout past recessions and identified patterns in consumer and company behavior that strongly affect performance. Understanding consumers' changing psychology and habits, the authors argue, will enable firms to hone their strategies so they can both survive the current downturn and prosper afterwards. Uh, The article goes on to mention consumers in a recession can be divided into four groups. Group one is the slam on the brakes, sorry, the slam on the brakes segment, which feels the hardest hit and reduces all types of spending. The second group, pained but patient consumers who constitute the largest segment also economize in each area, though less aggressively than the slam on the brakes. The third group, comfortably well-off, individuals consume at near-pre-recession levels but become a little more selective and less conspicuous about their purchases. And the fourth group, the live-for-today consumers, pretty much carry on as usual, responding to the recession mainly by extending their timetables for making major purchases. People may switch segments if their economic situations change for the worse. All groups prioritize consumption by sorting products and services into the following categories. Essentials, which are central to survival or well-being. Treats, justifiable. Postponables, can be put off. And expendables, unnecessary or unjustifiable. And the final part of the summary. As firms manage their marketing investments, they must simultaneously assess their brand's opportunities, allocate resources for the long term, and balance their budgets. Many make the mistake of cutting costs indiscriminately, which can jeopardize long-term performance. Instead, firms should streamline their product portfolios, improve the affordability of their offerings, and bolster customers' trust.
0: Love it. Love it. And agreed. I I, I love that they broke it down that way, and it, that kind of puts the consumer very forward. Um, and what's interesting to me is that some brands, companies, whatever, they tend to put, oh, we have this new product that people are going to love. And I'm like, I mean, maybe, but the consumer doesn't care about that. They want the tried and true, unless it's saving the money, of course, in this situation. But even then, if it's saving the money, the value, because cost doesn't matter, value is in place, the value better be there. And I think that that's what they did there is they kind of nailed down what is of value to these people. Um And really lean into what does the consumer want? And I feel like one of the things that brands can do from their marketing, from the marketing aspect is, is begin to glean data internally. So when somebody calls, I talked about the doctor, when the doctor calls, great, what brings you in today? And of course there are privacy issues and what have you, but like, why are you calling? And then translate that over to your, to your in a doctor, maybe a bad example to your marketing agency or whoever's handling your marketing, because then it's going to allow them slash us to be able to turn around and go, okay, here's what patterns we're seeing here. Because at the end of the day, data rules, everything data is King content is King, but data is King, you know? So
1: absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah and, and that's a great point. I think uh, also of note is when you think about, uh, you your products your services as a company and you think about those four uh those four pillars of what a consumer mm-hmm. how they categorize spending right there's the essentials there's the the treats there's the postponables and the expendables right like as a company you want to i, I mean there's so many variables i know i say that a lot uh but uh right ideally you have a product or service that that is not in the expendable category, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe, obviously, it's so per consumer, right? It's so subjective uh, how they will treat your product or service. But perhaps in your portfolio, there are products and services that are more along the lines of essential or or, or treat, um, where it's less likely by all categories of consumer in a recession to to be purchased or to continue being consumed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah. So uh, you would ideally, you would it, obviously, the data will speak volumes compared to any theories. Data, data is everything. Um, but perhaps there's something that companies can do to either continue marketing, but push the things that may be closer towards that essential range uh, than the expendable range. I don't know. What are your thoughts on
0: that? Well, <clears throat> I, I think that. Relationships can pivot something from expendable, from a from a want to have to a need to have. Um, so, kind of one of the v- biggest things that I would focus on personally to pivot those things is your existing customer base, um, because that's where you you already know. This is why retargeting and marketing works so well because we already know that that person has interest. Now, if you have that consumer or that customer base and you know that they've already shopped with you, they've already bought your number six pencils, maybe they bought number five and now they're ready for number six, we're going (laughs) to upgrade. Then call them, reach out. So the the part of that is that we've been telling people, if you're marketing, we've been telling people for years, call or not call, that's the wrong word. That would mean kill off. Collect, see what I did there? Um, Collect your marketing uh, your, your addresses, email addresses, phone numbers, collect all of those things. You know, you must, I, I don't know, you must r- really re- ha- have your hands able to get on all of those names and phone numbers and email addresses, whatever, so that you can say, hey, listen, it looks like you bought some number five pencils and your grandfather bought some number twos because that old Bastard. So, like, <laughs> you can turn around and market directly to those people. Um, if you are not, uh, listen, fair warning if you're listening to this now, A, if you're in marketing, you have been screaming this from the rooftops already. But if you're not, God in heaven, please start collecting your email addresses, phone numbers, names, start collecting information on your clients and I don't care what you're selling, like figure out a loyalty program. That's half of what those loyalty programs are, by the way. And one of the, so in 2008, one of the companies that made it really well through the 2008 recession was Starbucks. And a big part of what they did was by way they used their customer loyalty app, which I, I will hold up my phone for those of you listening right now. I have my little Starbucks. Don't write down that number. Starbucks card (laughs) on there. And that right there is giving people a way to they're gonna be like they're market to me all the time. Now I, I'm pretty consistent with the way that I partake of Starbucks, so it doesn't really matter. I'm not super swayed by that. But it's everything from in, in the case of Starbucks, they have the gold star reward thing. You know, you buy X, you get so many points, and when you hit this many points, you buy it. let's say I think it's like 150 points or whatever it is, you can get a whatever coffee you want drink great for free it's it's included well they send you a note to say hey brandon you've got all these points you should probably go go because why don't you stop in now yes it's hey get your reward so i perceive it as i'm going to get this reward they perceive it as there's a positive experience that's going to happen when you walk in and you buy whatever it is whether it's a you know Double skinny macchiato with a matcha foam on top and cream cheese icing whipped and sprinkles on your face. Whatever. <laughs> like, Venti, excuse me. So like you you go get this drink, this this normally eight dollars and it's zero. And your mind is like, Man, that's so awesome. I need to do this more. You know, and so they're doubling down on that thing where they have it. An, and customer service at Starbucks is really very consistently good. Um, and so I think it's things like that where you have to lean into your exister, existing customer base to make sure that you can pivot that from the the treat or whatever it is to that necessity. You know, and yeah, there. I mean, there are some businesses that that aren't going to be necessities in that way. And there are some businesses that actually buck the trend. Like, if you really like... um, God, I don't know what's a good example. If you have to have steak every Friday and you're used to going and getting your Wagyu beef over here, which, for those that don't know, that's the same thing as... Well, sort of the same thing as Kobe beef. You go get your Wagyu steak, well, guess what? You're probably willing to Bump that down to like prime or something, right? Over the course of it, if you're if you're concerned about money, it's still an amazing piece of steak. But whatever. So there are some things that buck that trend, and that would be the vices, booze. Let me tell you something: alcohol and tobacco is always recession proof. I don't know about tobacco. Alcohol is always recession proof. Like, in fact, the recession comes on, and people consume more alcohol. Um, So there are those things that can actually step outside of those trends because it is a perceived need because it's a coping mechanism almost. Simultaneously, um, things like hiking and running and exercise can also go up. But that's, you know, we would perceive many of those things as a nice to have, not a need to have. But because they're a coping mechanism, they pivot from a need to or want to a need.
1: Does that make sense? Absolutely. And there's okay. three things I want to say uh, about about what you're mentioning. First of all, uh, vices, right? So, at least here in Colorado, when the beginning of the pandemic was occurring, uh, and A state law was about to go in effect where like liquor stores and like marijuana dispensaries were were going to be shut down at a certain time on a certain day. People lost their minds. Yep. (laughs) And then the law was changed pretty immediately. But there was a a furor, right? Like there was just uh, people were apoplectic
0: about losing. Can't go to church. Go get some booze,
1: though. (laughs) yes. Yes. Logic. Logic. That's, yeah. that's, that's the, the strong suit here Yes. Uh, two on your point of customer service. Absolutely. I have, I mean, I do not frequent Starbucks uh, like I used to, but I will tell you this every time I go, the person is always super happy that I'm talking to you in the drive-thru or at the counter. Always, always. It's like baked in. It's kind of like Chick-fil-A. Yep. I've, I've never had a bad customer service experience ever. At either of those locations, or mm. either either of those brands, not not once, right? And it behooves them to function in this way. I mean, as we know, uh, and as you're pointing to, the relationship can really pivot that borderline uh, to a uh, yeah, I need this, I yeah. <laughs> I need my fix, and it's not just because of the uh, potentially it addictive qualities of caffeine or sugar, right? It's, it's, it's something uh, more psychological and less chemical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my third point is that, yes, there are companies that can buck the trend. There are also companies, products and services that they offer uh, where they clearly and simply don't care, perhaps don't even need to care. Right. A customer service. I've been dealing, um, one of the hats uh, that I wear and uh, yeah, is, is it as well right Mm -hmm. i handle that uh minutiae and so i've been dealing with a certain telecom lately and they're broadly the same i'm not gonna i'm not gonna single out just one telecom in my mind they're all rubbish (laughs) uh but uh but yeah so this company uh, i have a We have a client, right, that needs uh, a fiber circuit, dedicated internet line to their new headquarters, and this company, uh, you know, salespeople. I'm not, I'm not knocking salespeople, but sometimes there's a propensity to to promise, to make promises, even though they may not be able to make that promise. But really, my point is, is that we were they oversold and they underdelivered, right? Mm. The product they said it was going to be installed on X date the day of uh, we planned the move around and they did not show up. And in fact, now they're saying we have no idea what's going on. And this is long after we've signed a contract for however many years or the client signed the contract. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a mess. And, and, but they, they don't really care and <laughs> they don't really need to care. In this instance, uh tragically, the location, it, which is not rural, it's in a major city, but this location just happens to be an internet dead zone. And they know this. They know this. So you can't get – there's really no competing internet provider. There, there's, not, uh, there's not a copper feed. The best you can do is their fiber product. Uh, not even the best. The only thing you can do is their fiber product or perhaps uh, a cellular business plan from mm-hmm. from the likes of Verizon or whatever T-Mobile mm-hmm. right but that's inconsistent and it's not a hardwire connection nothing's going to be the hardwire connection so i'll get off this soapbox but i just wanted to make the point that um it, yeah <laughs> don't be like that right i mean <laughs> I, I don't think uh i don't think we're necessarily speaking to an audience that's filled with a bunch of you know the fortune 5 companies right yeah uh, So, so just by the nature of the beast, uh, there's going to be an increased level of customer service uh, facing towards the clients because I I think there's sometimes there's a, I I don't think it's always. I don't want to generalize and say the larger you are as a company, the worse the customer service. But I I think in broad strokes, it seems that way. Uh, But if you are right there, there is this, (laughs) I don't know. If if you see it, I'm trying to congeal this in a bi-sizable way. It's it's effectively, some companies have a product or service that they know they don't really have to provide any customer service for because the client
0: doesn't have any options. They're common carriers. I mean, and this is where antitrust comes from, by the way. It's... People come in there and they don't need competition and they're all, without a doubt, customer service falls off. You know? And this is where they can get those companies can get in a lot of trouble. The problem is before you get there you gotta you gotta go through some growing pains for those companies to be dinged, whether it's by the government or quite frankly, by consumer, because consumers are gonna come in and they're gonna they're gonna vote with their foot. Or that was terribly worded they're going to vote with their feet they're going to leave they're going to vote with their wallet they're not going to shop with your thing and then they're not going to shop with associated things this is why kind of like for some people and we were talking about this kind of offline about people shopping based on their values you know companies that share common values, things like that. So it it can be important. I think, quite frankly, that there's a lot more bluster about those things than there is actual... um, It's a headwind, tailwind paradox. People are only likely to give up so much convenience um, because of their values. Whereas if those companies that may share tangential values with them lean into it by offering incentives for them to continue to shop, they're much more likely to stick around even when their values don't align. So um, it's it's kind of an interesting paradox. And, and in fact, so there are three real quick tips around just leaning into your existing customers that I wanted to touch on. One, send personalized emails to maintain a personal rapport. By the way, I mean, sh- listen, if you're listening to this by now, you know that we are a marketing agency. We Jordan and I work for Mondo Solutions. So... If we don't, we don't get on the show and pitch, but dead straight up, if you really want to talk about these things, call us. We'll have a conversation about it. We'll tell you what some of the benefits are, what, what we do with our clients. I mean, in other words, if you want to pay us to do these things, we're happy to take your money to do that. Um, but send personalized emails to maintain that personal rapport, to provide extra value through improved customer service, like free add-ons. What is something that it doesn't cost you much to add on? You know, and that's one of those things, man. Like customer service costs you nothing to add on, zero. All it costs you is the right people, right? So if Jordan is meeting with a client, it costs Jordan nothing to go, hey, Bill, Jordan, good to see you. To go, man, Bill, it's so good to see you. How are you? How how are the kids? That costs nothing. Like lean into those things. And you may have a product, You know, with Jordan's pencils, number six pencils, great. Guess what? Jordan is going to, you're going to buy these pencils for this cost, but Jordan can say, here's a pencil case that he is buying from Alibaba and paying like three cents a unit. So who cares? You know, that right there, that's going to not just be a pencil case that you can take your amazing collection, number two, four, six, and eight pencils. We got number eight coming in 2026, (laughs) Um, but it's also going to be branded with Jordan's pencils. It's free advertising to you and it costs you very little. Lean into those things and then offer discounts or incentivize your users to encourage them to refer. So referrals, oh my God, man. Refer, people don't think about referrals. And if your customer service is on point, we're talking about at Starbucks, right? Look, Starbucks does not need help to market from Brandon and Jordan, but here we are talking about freaking Starbucks. And I can tell you, there are coffee shops that I've been in where they're just... Assholes, pardon me, guys. We're generally a pretty clean show, but they're dicks and they do, they're just like, eh, rah, eh, and they take forever. They don't, you know. And then the ones that I like, they're fantastic, you know. Um, they're, they're, there are people that kind of go the other direction. Have you ever heard of the um, oh god, what's it, there's a restaurant called Dick's Last Resort. Do you know about this? <laughs> no, <laughs> so I've never been, but I have friends that have been. I don't even know if it exists anymore. <clears throat> and you go in and the waiters are just assholes. Like so by design. By yes, by design. That. <laughs> that is the angle. They like come in and they're like they'll bring bread to your table and they like throw it at you. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds like a lawsuit from getting an eye taken out by a roll lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> I'm not talking about those. But there are so many ways that you can lean into how to treat your people better and incentivize them to come in. So um yeah. Right? Yeah, yes. Absolutely. I, I was just trying to remember
1: the name of this hot dog stand that I've been, it's very famous. It's in Chicago. Uh, okay. maybe maybe you know but it's oh man, I I I'm I'm not sure oh man, it's great though. It's the smallest little hot dog stand. I'm not sure if there are multiple locations. I don't think so. I think it's just this one place. There's probably like room for six people to work inside this little stand and they harass you they absolutely harass you uh and yeah you have to you have to fight to get your food like you go you wait in the huge line it's very popular and you pay for your food and then they might not give you your food. You have to go up and argue with them, and, and then they'll swear that you never ordered it. And oh. <laughs> it, But it's by design. It's by right. design. <laughs> and then uh, th- there was also a moment where they, uh, every, I don't know, it's like every... Thirty minutes, they they turn off all the lights inside the stand and outside the stand, and then they flash the lights back on like five seconds later, and like they're all of a sudden topless people and then (laughs) the and flashing lights and then the lights go off and it's like it never happened. It's a very you. uh, Wow. I can't remember the name of it, but you need to check out the famous hot dog stand in Chicago. Famous (laughs) nudie dancing hot dog stand. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Full of jerks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But the food's amazing, right? The food's amazing. So, yeah, I I guess, uh, (laughs) to to my point, right, as long as, uh, right, there are people that are... Visibly and rightfully upset that they're not getting their food. Maybe they don't know that that's the shtick of this hot dog stand, but regardless, even if they do, you're some people are still hungry. I mean, that's why you're going to the stand primarily, right? And, and even if you know it's coming, uh, even if you know you're going to be harassed and visually assaulted, uh, you, (laughs) right, you still want that food. So if the food's not good, if the food doesn't backstop, the you know allegedly terrible service i mean Mm -hmm. unargue inarguably terrible service uh whether you know it or not as long as as long as the food's there to back it up then uh it it ends as a good experience right but if the the food's terrible if the ending product uh is terrible and the service was terrible whether you knew it or not that's not a good look it's going to drive business away
0: yeah there needs to be a redeeming quality in there yeah. I, I recently listened to a podcast about Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. And it sounds like going to one of these restaurants and expecting like a calm meal is like going to a midnight showing of Rocky Horror Picture Show and expecting a nice night out at the movies. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um should we go through so we have we each have yes. this list. Um I've got a couple more things that I'll probably bring up outside of that, but why don't we go through this list from Forbes, also known as Forbes? I I do
1: say, I found the name of it. It's called Wiener's Circle. Of course Chicago's rudest hot dog stand.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's in Chicago. It's It's automatically 35% ruder than anywhere else. (laughs) That's not nice. Love you, Chicago.
1: I'm sorry. I just found out that it was sold to five guys. Um, Oh. But not those five guys so i don't know hopefully and that was in 2015 so you may not get the same experience i had 10 years ago but you should try anyway sorry, nice. sorry
0: to interrupt you love it no you're good um do you want to take on the first one yeah. of this list so we got here? yeah from forbes
1: right better yep. known as forbes but that was their original name uh <laughs> allegedly yes it's uh, for bay for yeah. it's not french is it french I don't, I don't know the origins. He's pretty sure it's German. I don't know. <laughs> First marketing tactic to survive an economic downturn: Do not cut your marketing budget immediately. Right. So if you're making sudden, drastic cuts, uh, that's probably one of the worst things you can do. It, it, it kind of acts as a uh, a shock uh, to to your clients, whether they're existing or potential future clients. Right. Like, uh, right when you reduce or stop your marketing efforts, you're you're basically telling them that. You're no longer in business. Kind of as we said uh, at the top of the show, it's it's a bad look. People wonder, um, oh, why did they stop marketing? Oh man, this must have really hit them. Maybe the quality of their product is going to go down if they're marketing less. Are they sacrificing marketing funds because they're also sacrificing? you know, how much money and effort they're putting into Jordan's pencils, right? Instead of using Mm -hmm. this amazing, I mean, at Jordan's pencils, we always use the finest trees, the finest wood. Uh, We we prefer, we prefer, um, uh, trees from Barbados because of their innate quality to handle lead at such a a high, high potency. So, you Uh know, if we're cutting marketing spend, maybe that means we're also cutting the quality of our wood and we're using uh, the birch trees from the back of Jordan's house. Like you you wonder.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's where your competitors are going to step in. The people that aren't following that tack, they're going to be there to pick up the pieces. And then those people are going to be your customers are going to be their customers. Um, uh, It's, it's slamming on the brakes because you know, you see brake lights 500 yards ahead. It doesn't make any sense. And it takes to, you made this one of the first points you made Jordan is that like when you disappear, it's not only that the behavior of the people looking at those things, um, adjusts accordingly, but also the algorithms adjust accordingly. So if you're using in particular in the social media spaces, you stop the consistency of posting to whatever those things are, then You're going to be out of sight, out of mind. This is exactly the time, in my opinion, where if you are working with a not dishonest marketing agency, you need to be sitting down with that agency and not saying, how can we spend less? But you're going, how can we target? How can we funnel or not funnel, but kind of like woodshed the superfluous marketing dollars and make the same budget go twice as far, which by the way, if that marketing agency is worth their salt and not a bunch of frauds, then they should have already been having trying to have that conversation with, with your ear muffed ass before that. <laughs> <laughs> there, believe me. Like if people are doing their job properly, and there are plenty, at least one that I could prominently name, um, two that I could prominently name that would not bring up those things at all just because they would add it as another add-on and charge you more for it. Um, But a good ethical marketing agency, and I realize that's an oxymoron for some, um, is going to come in and say, here's how we can make you make more money off of this. And here's why, guys. It's It's not as... Yes, there is it's not as altruistic as you might think, you know, we're not going, Oh, well let's do this. No, because if we come in like it's customer service on our end too, if we do our job and we make your dollar reach, four customers instead of one, then we, you're going to pay us more. You're going to be begging to go, Hey, can I give you more money? Because I saw this ROI over here. Let me give you some more money so that we can increase that. Assuming it's going to increase commensurate to that, increase it more. You know, it's look, we want you to succeed, but we want you to succeed because our success is based on our client success. <sighs> Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to piggyback on that. I know we have a few
1: other items to to go to, but absolutely. Uh, For instance, I always come back to the Google ad space or just ad space in general. Uh, That's the reality. Our focus is on conversions, which are calls, leads, form fill outs to you, the client, right? That's the focus. Uh, So many ad companies, so many marketing agencies, they profit off of how much you spend with the Google ads, right? Like that's, yeah. that's not what we do. I know I'm not trying to like take this, uh, take this and, and push our agenda here, but I will say that, uh, it, if the focus is not on the client, it should be really right. And as you say, right. If you, if the client's making more money, if you're making more money, then we don't directly make more money by your ad spend, but in a roundabout way, right. It's it, we win when you win. right so but not but not as and not in such a slimy way
0: (laughs) as as is the standard and then you're going to be telling people like people want to be perceived as having made a great decision so if you go hey i'm working with this agency they really crushed it over here and they're and i'm telling you business owner friend of brandon's pens which is not a direct competitor of jordan's (laughs) Pens, but they're in the same space like they're going to you're telling and Brandon's going to go, oh, really? Can you introduce me to that guy? And it, it, that's the no-brainer about it. Uh, so yeah, it's it gets very frustrating sometimes to see that from the outside. Um, number two, and this is part and parcel of what we're talking about, <clears throat> is audit and analyze your past performance. Now, this is a good way to go and look at what have you done in marketing in the past, but it's also... <clears throat> And from straight up data, but this is, again, where you, the business owner, decision maker, whatever it is, have a chance to go back and look at what brought people in your door. So we're talking to a company right now um, to hopefully become a client in the next week or so that does flooring. Well, so great. And you're kind of new in the space. You want your marketing bang for your buck to be that much higher. What are, are 95% of your calls for hardwood floors? Are 95% a year, and I doubt the percentages is high, are they for carpet? Are they for linoleum? Are they for vinyl? Are they for outdoor, like Brady Bunch rugs outside in your backyard? What are they for? And using that data combined with actual hard data, whether it's in the ad space or the SEO space, which is much harder to measure, all of these things, and socials, by the way, measuring consumer sentiment and all those things, all of those things, uh, you can grow based on looking at that data with much more scrutiny, right? People have way more data than I think they have. And they just, they see numbers and they glaze over, man. It's, I I get it because you and I, you more so than me, but like that's our our brains go to that space. And a lot of people don't, but if they just took two seconds, it's not that hard to understand from a 30,000 foot level. And if they did, they'd be like, oh, <laughs> I get it. And you can see the light bulb when they listen for two seconds. So yeah, it's frustrating. Absolutely. Uh, to your
1: point about data, right? Depending on where the data is, whether it's some internal system or some cloud-based system that you're using as a company, uh, or if you're pulling data from an existing Google Ads account or social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, what have you, uh, sometimes sometimes the source of the data uh, it, it needs some massaging to make sense of it. And some systems are easier than others uh, to make sense of, right? If you're uh, hopefully, hopefully it's, it's easiest for a given company to, to, pull up their accounting software and immediately identify which products sold the most over a given time period, right? Uh, Hopefully, that's easy, right? Mm -hmm. If that's that's not easy, I think there are some more fundamental uh, issues that need to be addressed. But assuming that's easy, at least that should get you a sense of what you're doing. Now, if you're already in the space uh, of Google Ads, social media ads, right... It should also be relatively easy, but I'll tell you, it's, it's not always. There's a lot of metrics and data and it can be hard to know what to prioritize. Like, are, should I be caring about impressions on Google ads or should I be, be caring more about clicks or what's it mean when one of these goes up and one of these goes down? Like it, there is a point where it becomes overwhelming. There is mm-hmm. so much data, uh, accessible to the client, to the end user, to the company that it, it can be hard to know what to prioritize what to put weight on and in that sense it you know sometimes sometimes you need help right like you uh, I'll admit <laughs> I, i'm not I, i'm a I'm not necessarily a master of any one thing in this world there are definitely some things i'm I'm more proficient at than others, but there are things that and I'm sure you would agree there are some things that we do uh, that we need help with uh mm-hmm. and and I think knowing when to raise your hand when to seek out that guidance is is important, especially when it comes to, you know, determining the sales objectives or how to pivot to market to the people that want you or that don't know they want you yet. Right. There's there's a lot of angles.
0: And to that last point about <clears throat> um, knowing when you don't know the answer or what have you, you have to have humility for that. And there, there are people that I could point to that are uh, have put themselves in the position of being absolute frauds because they're just, I always know the answer. I'm always the expert. Now, in sales, there's certainly something to be said when you you want to understand or purport yourself to be the end-all be-all. And that's fine. But that comes off as arrogance 100% of the time. And so what you have to do is, in my opinion, you're talking to that potential customer, that existing customer, <clears throat> and you're saying, Oh, okay. Well, hey, you know, what if we looked at this? And then you pull out of that situation, you back out 10,000 feet and you look at data and you're going, Oh, well, let me look at this and this and this. And you, and I feel like again, it makes you a better marketer because it opens you up to alternative possibilities of what is being, what is effective and what is not. And again, you know, this is also, you pointed this out earlier, Jordan, where people are going to come, sales people being one, people are going to come in and they're going to over-promise and then it's going to be an under-deliver. And this is a notorious thing, especially in like SaaS space, right? People come in and they're like, oh, well, not only will this software keep all your contacts together and all this stuff, but it'll make your hair look fantastic. Well, Okay. Okay. But I mean, people make stupid promises. And so I think it's having <clears throat> humility at least a little bit to be able to do that. And that's where you're going to find um, people that are going to help you kind of through these particular things. And they're going to be able to take that auditing and analysis of, of data, of, of past customer bases and all these things. And kind of compile it into a usable strategy that's going to bring much more ROI in the door, you know?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: That's You're well right.
1: said. we moving on to the next point here. Yes, sir. Your turn. All right. So point number three, advertise to your past leads and past customers. This is definitely something we have touched on several times. Yep. Uh, and it it's exactly that, right? Like... Uh, When times are tough, it's important to remember, you know, people who already know us are more inclined to to spend with us, especially if the relationship is strong, especially if at least it's not negative. Right. (laughs) As long as they they know you uh, or know Mm -hmm. of you and it doesn't leave a a, a lead battery taste in their mouth, (laughs) Uh, maybe it leaves like a, you know, one of those newfangled spinach a, battery
0: lithium ion <laughs> <laughs> yummy <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> right like it, I, I, they are most likely not a guarantee but they they are more likely than not to do business with you compared to a stranger right mm-hmm. so I, I think it's important to to see what has performed in the past <laughs> with past clients um, check with them again like maybe there are some clients that at that time 365 days ago wasn't the right time for XY and Z services but it was the right time for a B and C but maybe things have changed you know maybe if if they weren't open to or didn't need a particular product or service at that moment, you should reach back out, you know, things, things change, right? Maybe, right. Like don't assault them. Don't call them every, every day. Don't hound them. That'll have the counter effect of what you're, you're seeking to do. But yeah, look at past, past leads, past customers and see, see what's out there. What new opportunities may exist.
0: Well, and, and one of the opportunities that may exist, and this kind of parlays into the next point is user reviews and testimonials. Um, those past users may not have put a review up anywhere. Now, w- we we look at Net Promoter Score, NPS, all these things. Um, I, I think when we talk about reviews, what we really want to see is that Google review, right? Possibly LinkedIn. Uh, well. Excuse me, Yelp, Better Business Bureau, whatever it is. But really, what we're talking about when we're talking about reviews today is, is Google. This is a good opportunity to reach out and say, hey, here's this thing, this link. Can you know, it's been a while. Um, can you leave us a review? And if you do, like, if you're an HVAC company, you go, hey, you know, uh, we installed your new heating element in your furnace last year. Um, <clears throat> Uh, did you have a good experience? Would you leave a review? If you can leave us a review, um, we'll come out and do uh, a heating system inspection, which is normally $50 and we'll do it for free. I I don't know. I mean, excuse me, but that's what I'm saying. Like really lean into those good experiences that have been had. And if they've told you that at the time, if they've told you that um, at in person, when they're when you're having that ex- experience that's something that should be leaned into i was at there's a there's a restaurant at vale called garfinkel's and it's right at the bottom of eagle bond if anyone listening knows Vale, um <clears throat> and my daughter and i when we go skiing we frequently go to eagle bond or <clears throat> garfinkel's because right there at the bottom it's good kind of like pub food you know um, not the cheapest thing in the world, but it's a lot cheaper than being on top of the mountain. And the service in recent months has been not great. We sat there one time, a uh, buddy of mine and I went up, not my daughter, and <clears throat> it was 10 minutes before even water was brought. And it was not crowded. And the, then the person came and they were nice, but they were like, oh, yeah, bro, you know, this kind of stuff. And I'm like, why... I mean, what? So anyway, <clears throat> then the week, a couple weeks after that, when my daughter and I went up and I, we went in and I said to the, the girl that was our, our server, I stopped and I, I said, Hey, can I tell you something real quick? And she's like, yeah, sure. Very nice. And, um, I said the past few months, cause we go a lot, right? I said the past few months that we've been coming up, it's the service has not been great, and I want to give you kudos because you're crushing it. Like we were in the door, you brought us, or you know, at least water and see if we needed anything out, like a, a beer or soda for my daughter or something like that. The beer is for me, soda is for her. Um, but it, 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 before, like within the first five minutes. You know, We had waters, we had menus, we had everything we needed, and we were ordered within seven minutes. And we had a great experience. Like, when people tell you that at that time, now, they're not really set up to do that. They're a restaurant. I get it. And by the way, the previous five times that I went and the service was less than stellar. They got some making up to do there. But she did a great job. Now, if that were something that were more service-based, you know, which this is server space, but you know what I'm saying? Like air conditioning or whatever. Um, ask, Hey, Oh, thanks so much. Would you mind leaving a review? It's, it's two seconds. And how much does it cost Jordan to do that? Nothing. No, zero, zero. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. I mean, there, there is also an opportunity. Is it, sorry. Did I cut you off? No. Yeah. I mean, there's also an opportunity in this time. Like, yes, of course you can, you can solicit those reviews and testimonials and, yeah, uh, if they're happy, they're more than likely going to be willing to at least write a review, whether that's on Google, Google Maps, leave one on your website, post it both places, whatever. Yep. Uh, there's also an opportunity to to uh, facilitate, perhaps like a quick video review, like if you're willing to go to them, uh, yep. uh, yeah, even they could shoot it right. But if you or if you're in the mind of, uh, and, and if you realize that content is king and producing some little high quality video snippet of each client that's willing to do so is a, you recognize the opportunity and prioritize it as such. You'd be willing to go to them and, and you know, film it with, uh, you know, potentially a, a nice camera with good lighting, right? Yep. You always want to put yourself out there on the best foot. Uh, of course, you can do, you can do the review that, uh, that will absolutely be useful just to have that that copy that text review that goes a long way those five stars um even if it's on yelp right but 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 there's there is another level right there is another layer um but but yeah absolutely I, i think that should you should be doing that even if it's not an economic downturn
0: uh but yes I just think that this is when when we keep talking about kind of examining what you're currently spending time, money, and energy on. This, If you're not already doing it, you should be. And if you are already doing it, you need to expand who you ask. And by the way, pro tip, don't ask somebody for a review that had a crappy experience with you. Just don't do that. It's a bad idea. There are other ways to lean into that, I think, because the redemption arc is really great. So if somebody did have a bad mm. experience, they go, I use Jordan's number 6 pencils, but I swear they were only like a number 1.5. And you're like, listen, um, I know that you didn't have a great experience and your Scantron kept kicking it back out because, God, I'm dating myself with that reference. <laughs> it kept kicking it back out because this pencil. But listen, I'd really like to help you. Um, and here's what we're going to do. We've got a number 8 pencil coming out next year um, in 2025, 4? 6. Uh, six and I'd really like you to be one of our product testers. Can we send you a few of these just to make that happen and see if that helps because that person that is going to be redeemed is going to be flattered, not only by your increased quality of product, but also by your customer service. So yeah, that's and it, marketing it, it, too.
1: And it will turn that individual, yeah, the story arc. Absolutely. And the, the word that I like to use is advocate, right? Yes. It, it turns them into an advocate on your behalf. Um, and what did that cost you right like of course yeah. there is a product and service where you can't just give out a free car yes. <laughs> if they didn't like their first Use
0: car the car Can you get a car <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> all the bees oh man yes yeah i'm not sure yeah wild reference but yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> and on to the final point uh the final good. tip is uh as we've talked about many times already, especially on this episode, remain consistent, right? And and don't be tempted to rebrand, right? Like, you know, there was a moment where the hypothetical Jordan's pencils went through a, a moment many years ago where we kind of had an identity crisis, and we were wondering why are we not getting our sales? What do we have to do with these pencils? This was long before uh, our number six was even a concept pencil number six, right? It, we only had. One and two, I know nobody knows about one, uh, but we had two and four, and we were just wondering what are we going to do? How are we going to drive sales? And one idea was that m- maybe it's our name, right? Maybe Jordan's Pencils. It's just not catchy enough. You know, maybe we should do like Pennsylvania pencils, right? Like, maybe we should do something that has alliteration. Uh, you know, it's catchy, right? Like, yeah, Pennsylvania is a long word, and maybe there, it's it's hard to spell. Uh, it's it's not as easy as Jordan, although Jordan could be spelled like seven different ways. Uh, but but what if, right? The, the temptation was there. I know this is an absolutely yeah. ridiculous example, but right, like when you when you consider doing such a a major uh, rebrand, it, it's. I guess it's this, you're thinking about the product or your, the problem and the solution, right? It can be easy to misidentify the problem, right? Like, okay, sales are down. If you don't, if you're not recognizing that it's due to market forces outside of your control, it can be easy to misplace what you know, when you're pinning the tail on the donkey, right? And it, you, you know where the ta- you know where the the tail is supposed to go, right? That's the problem. It really is the market, but the, it, that's um, experiencing a downturn. But if you put that tail somewhere else where the problem actually isn't, and you think that's where the problem is, it's not going to look like a very good donkey, you know. And that to, to bring this example full full circle, right? It's it's yeah. D- don't do drastic changes if you're not absolutely certain that. Uh, that's the problem. Like do not rebrand unless there is legitimately a problem uh, with your brand.
0: Well, so that's, that's the thing, right? Is it's the perception of new, we should actually do, we should do a new, another episode. And actually I just looked this up of rebranding fails and so, do you, Jordan, know what the Pearl Milling Company is? Do you know what Pearl Milling Company is? I do not. Hmm. It's Aunt Jemima Syrup. Now it's called Pearl Milling Company. Now, we could certainly get into a discussion, probably not appropriate for this podcast, about why that was done, why it was a massive mistake, um, in my opinion, and dishonors a real person, but whatever. Um that's a terrible rebrand. Hey, can you pass the Pearl Milling Company? <laughs> what the... F- what? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so many great examples of bad branding. But even if it's just like the... Um, oh, God, I'm trying to think one. If it's just um, the logo, just the coloring. You know, Comcast had a big deal when Comcast switched to kind of... X to Xfinity, people are like, what the hell is Xfinity? You know, and it just flip-flopped. MasterCard tried to do it. I'm looking at some of these things right now. Weight Watchers the went from the Weight Watchers with the kind of colorful little things off to it to this this like W on top of another W. Radio Shack went to the Shack. Remember that nonsense No, I don't, but that's garbage. Damn, <laughs> God, yeah, it's garbage. People try these rebrands. Look, guys, there's an element of there's an element of nostalgia. Um, Coca-Cola went to Coke for a while back in the '80s. I think <clears throat> they were like, no, no, Coke is 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 a different drink than Coca-Cola, but it's under the Coca-Cola brand. Well, it took you more than like two words to explain that to me. So it's probably not now. You get Coca-Cola if you want a Coca-Cola Classic. You call it a Coke. You know that script. You could write Brandon in the Coca-Cola script on white, on a red background. And you'd be like, oh, it's like Coke. Don't rebrand. It's stupid. Like you're you're firing up nostalgia, number one. Number two, people are going to recognize everything about your brand and, and perceive that you are still being consistent, even though you're putting more chemicals and less sugar or, or cane sugar and whatever. It's killing people. It doesn't matter. Um, anyway, <laughs> but you're doing all these things. Um, simultaneously you're going to spend a crap load of money to do it and you're not just having to rebrand that like i if can you imagine jordan if somebody one of our it, like let's say a big client came in and was like i need to rebrand well then we have to rebrand your everything on the print side so few craps business cards brochures we have to redo your website completely soup to nuts we have to all your co-op gear like your shirts and your hats and all this kind of stuff then we have to go in and we have to rebrand all... Everything on the digital side, all your socials, all—I already mentioned the website. All your ad sets have to be rebuilt. Oh, can't you just replace the logo? Maybe, but does it fit in with the color scheme of the rest of the ad set? You know, is it a display ad. Or any any YouTube or rich media content that's out there, Instagram—you have to go on and you have to be like, oh, get—you have to do an entire campaign that's going to, you know, talk about the rebrand. Why did you rebrand? It's going to be many, many thousands of dollars to do all that. It's yeah. stupid. And you're in an economic yes. downturn. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, that,
1: I, this is the point of this episode. Like yes. all these things, plus you add on the economic downturn factor. It's just crazy. I just want to mention two things on this point. Um, uh, first, right, there is a case to be made and it's it's something we do uh, Admondo, Mondo, right? Like there is a case to be made for keeping your site fresh, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a full brand redesign, right? But right. people like to see that you're staying up to date and with current trends in what other whatever web technology is is prevailing or cutting edge, right? Like, uh, it, right. That's to say, don't just update the number in the footer for the year on the bottom of your webpage each year, right? Yes. Oh, it's now 2024. Yeah. You know, we did something. We changed the site, you know, like th- we <laughs> just you know, did an update. We, yeah. 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 We did. It costs a lot of money. It, well, you know, it did <laughs> To change that number. But so that that's my first point, right? There is, um, there is a, it's not even a fine line. There's a line between going, you know, full nuclear war on your, your logo and brand and everything, which is, Almost always, almost always a solution in search of a, of a problem, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, hoping, hoping that this, right? It, it, it reminds me of, of so many companies and I've been in this situation. So I'll, I'll use myself as an example. When you're coming up, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and you're coming up with ideas for a company, it can be really easy to get stuck on the name of the company and the logo, right? And yep. it, So often can turn into analysis paralysis, right? Like, oh, it's it's not perfect. (laughs) It's it's not perfect. But the the reality is, you you just need to to settle on it, right? Like you were talking about red lights, and off air, we were talking about green lights. The book by the autobiography by Matthew McConaughey, and one of the quotes in that book is that you know. And I'm going to totally botch this, but one of the quotes is, you know, oftentimes. you just need to make a choice and stick to it as opposed to trying to make the absolute perfect choice. Yep. But once you've made that choice, you know, kind of, you know, bastardizing this and turning it into a, a marketing conversation is that, you know, once you already have that cachet with your brand, with your, with your presence, with your logo, all of those things, your brand, right. Once you have that, it, so many times it is, it is a fool's errand, and it's going to cost you big time to make modifications for that, To my, which brings me to my second point briefly, which is, uh, without naming names, we do have a client who, before our time, long before our time, the company's been in existence for decades. Like a decade ago, uh, the powers that be decided, hey, we need to rebrand this completely. And they, they completely changed the name. The name, just like the ancient Minima Pearl milling company example, the name is completely different. There's no similarities, which means the logo has no similarities and the entire branding has no similarities. Uh, and, and so much was lost. They're still trying to get back to where they were from a brand awareness and everything marketing angle uh, as they were 10 years ago. And it's, it, it's, it, it's exactly analogous to, to uh, to earning, new customers first keeping existing customers right it's a lot easier to to keep a customer it's a lot easier to maintain your brand maybe freshen up the website to keep up to date yeah. with current technologies uh, <clears throat> but yeah you see it I mean
0: I do and, and then that that client whoever that is or, or I mean can you imagine if all of a sudden Verizon today was like what do what they used to be called Bell South the Bell or whatever and they they try to go back, and then you will have lost both, because you can't spend a decade putting time, money, and energy into a rebrand, and then be like, oh, well, well, this isn't working, and then just got to go back because it's going to be gone, gone, like gone. Yeah, I, I, th- guys, I mean, here's here's at the end of the day, I think that really, if if marketing is being done properly from an agency level, or even internally, you have to be willing to have frank conversations but within a frank conversation isn't just one person if it's jordan and i have a frank conversation about jordan's pencils it's not just brandon uh, having the uh what's the way that i put this having the stones to say the uncomfortable thing to jordan but it's also jordan's ability to not audibly hear but to listen And this is, if you've got kids, this is a big difference between hearing and listening are two vastly different things. But for Jordan to listen, you have to have that measure of humility that goes, okay, got it. Let's talk about this. And that's, I think that's kind of the biggest takeaways that revisit your marketing as we're, look, guys, this is, this is, um, I don't know this. You've got a lot of runway here. We see all of these things happening. We see that from an economic marker standpoint, if you want to disagree with me on the economics of this, please feel free. Please send them to haha at (laughs) (laughs) don'tcare.com. And what it is, is that people got paid during the pandemic to sit at home and not go to work. And so, great. So there is a there is a there's a shortage of good labor. I got an email from somebody over the weekend about hey, do you know anybody that can do this thing? And I, I I do, but that doesn't always isn't always the case. Now, because all of that stuff, all those pandemic payouts uh that came from the pockets of taxpayers and from unicorn farts or something (laughs) those are coming to an end and all those people are going to go oh god i have to get a job again guess what those companies that were seeking employees now have to pay them twice as much now they're going to find ways to be more efficient because people are companies brands smaller companies SMBs. the people that we talk to they're revisiting the way that they do business they're going to automate some things they're going to go i don't i don't really need to hire this person there's about to be a wildly huge unemployment number and part of the reason that we go oh the unemployment number's down you know why the unemployment number is down folks it's because and pardon me i am definitely on a soapbox here it's because people are only on unemployment when they are filing for unemployment and so we see the unemployment number going down the actual unemployment number is way high And we're about to go with people go, oh, crap, I'm not getting a check from whatever entitlement is paying me a check today. Now I have to go get a job and the jobs aren't going to be there. So we're about to hit and we have this runway and the Fed keeps cranking up interest rates. And if you don't think interest rates are going to keep going up, you're out of your mind. So we we see... People kind of whistling past the graveyard on this. Take action, guys, please. Like you probably, so it's Monday, February 13th, right now, as we record this. You probably won't hear this for about a month, or give or take. Fine. I hope that this isn't too late. But you don't know what's coming really, but you can see it on the horizon. You can see that there's a large. Chinese spy balloon shaped thing in the horizon. You don't really know what it is, but you're going to wait till it makes its journey all the way across the country and takes <laughs> pictures of all the sensitive nuclear facilities in the country. And then you're going to be like, we should probably shoot that down. So <laughs> is that too much. <laughs> oh, it's, perfect. it's perfect. So Thank you, you can see these things on the horizon guys do something about it now. And I'm dead serious. We don't get on here and pitch, but I'm going to pitch right now. Call us. For the love of God, call, call us. If you haven't revisited your marketing, let's talk about it. Does it is it free? No, it is not free. You know why? Because we have to eat too. But we, we're going to get in there and help you make that dollar go a lot further than it probably is right now. And that's going to bring more customers in your door. I'll now step off my soapbox
1: <laughs> no that's perfect I, I really can't sum it up any better than that it, it's it's so important to be uh, proactive right? yes be, be proactive nobody has a crystal ball except crystal uh, uh, no. and <laughs> the ball's pretty shiny but that being said like no nobody can see the future right being yeah serious nobody nobody right but but uh, the bottom line is as a business, you want to stay in business how do you stay in business well you need to continue generating leads that convert right yep. and how do you do that whether it's uh, whether it's a pandemic or a recession or stagflation whatever it may be the point is you should always be actively trying to, grow your business trying to uh of course you have customers that have had positive experiences right or you wouldn't be in business so like capitalize on that get those reviews you know like make that dollar go as as far as possible uh and yeah just just stay on the ball you know what i mean and we all need help to do that sometimes because we can't be experts at every single thing so yeah please i implore you reach out let's do it reach out buy jordan's pencils <laughs> do it number six 2026 20, wait no that's not eight. number six is already in business uh, yes
0: <laughs> and please subscribe follow comment like all that stuff everywhere we want you guys to be part of this conversation as well so please feel free email podcast at trymondo.com. right on awesome all right jordan thank you so much sir thank you another great podcast yeah dude episode 12 in the books baby we'll talk to you guys for 13 lucky number 13 <laughs> yeah See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.